Hi, I'm Kelly. I'm your life coach now. I'm here to help you reclaim yourself. From what? Well, you know that better than I do. But let's start with things like this is heteronormative, white supremacist, Christian supremacist, patriarchal social conditioning that has led you to believe that you're simultaneously too much and not enough, and that you need to somehow earn your worth. Because all of that, it's bullshit. Welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. Your reclamation starts now. Normally, these go up on Wednesdays, but this week, shit got wonky. Instead of just skipping it, though, I wanted to gift you the conversation I had with my friend Amanda Kingsley today on the full moon, just after we've hexed Mason Herring in our Fuck Shit Up Fridays email newsletter. That's right. If you're not on my email list twice a month in accordance with the new and full moon, you get a delightful email in your inbox that's full of lovely goodness, sex tips, self-care tips, a little sales and business in the mix, a lunar ritual, and as a bonus, every email answers the question, who are we hexing? Josh Hawley is always on the list because he's my senator and fuck that guy. But there's always someone else who's been involved in something particularly egregious that we're hexing. In case you missed it, we're sending our hexation energy to a jackass lawyer in Texas who dosed his wife multiple times in order to attempt an abortion without her fucking consent. (laughs) That's right, folks. Mason Herring personal injury attorney has in fact created a personal injury to his ex-wife and now his tiny baby daughter who had to spend a good chunk of her first few months of life in the NICU after being born prematurely and weighing just three pounds. Had a doctor provided the medication to the mother, there would have been a much harsher sentencing As it stands, Mason fucking Herring was only sentenced to 180 days in jail. He'll have a decade of probation after that, but for what the Texas law would essentially consider attempted murder if she would have been making the choice on her own behalf with the assistance of her medical provider? That's some bullshit. But since I wrote that hex, We've also had some bullshit go down in Alabama. In case you've not heard, frozen embryos are now considered children in the state of Alabama, which fucks up the entire process of IVF for the entire state, so the entire Alabama Supreme Court can get fucked. They deserve all the full moon hexing we can give them. And just for the record, I do put this disclaimer in the Fuck Shit Up Friday's email, so I'll share it here as well. This segment is not intended to promote harm to anyone in any way. I don't hex people in real life. So, why am I sharing my conversation with Amanda Kingsley? Because Amanda is an abortion coach, and our conversation was on the concept of reclaiming abortion. While this is always 
an important topic of conversation, and it feels especially poignant right now. Happy full moon, happy releasing, happy reclaiming. I'd love to know what you think of this conversation. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited about this conversation. Um, today, we have my friend Amanda Kingsley, who is a delightful human, first of all, but also like does really fucking important work in the world. She's an abortion coach, and we were talking about reclaiming abortion here today, which like even just the- <laughs> just the word abortion brings up so much for so many people. Yeah, it's, it's uh it's it's wild to consider what has been happening in our country in the last few years around yeah this uh, healthcare yeah where it is but you know so anyway would you Hi. Like to tell us like what brought you to the world of specifically abortion coaching and like how you help your clients in their journey through abortion yeah well, first of all, um, most, uh, I don't know if most is the right word. Many, many, many of my clients come to me and they can't even say the word abortion. So this idea of reclaiming is like super important. Um, and that's exactly it is like, it's been, it's been, <laughs> I'm going to use a word that's not a word. <laughs> Love it. It's like uglified. <laughs> that's yeah. not a word. <laughs> It's been made into this ugly word, right? By people's narratives, people's power plays, people's like religion, so many things. And um, and so we don't even know how to use the word anymore. And so reclaiming is so super important. I am 100% here for this. I landed here in my own personal story. I was a women's studies major in college. I went to midwifery school. I was a birth doula. I was like all over the anything women's health world. Um, and I and because of that, I was walking around with my little pro-choice sign, you know, like proud feminist. And then I had a pregnancy at age 38 that I didn't want. Mm-hmm. And I literally, I mean, this is such a great intro because I literally had to claim the word for myself. Yeah. Even though I had like intellectualized it as a thing that was empowering and like important and like needed and necessary. And I had to like claim it for myself to be able to make that decision and have my own back and be okay afterwards and know how to handle all the feelings I was having, the guilt and the shame and the, you know, the grief. And like that all came up for me, not because it wasn't the right choice for me, just because I'm human, right? And humans have feelings. (laughs) So what I realized is like, with all the experience I have and all the roads I've been down and all the networks and connections and communities I'm in, if I'm struggling this much, mm-hmm. how are other people even making, like, how are they still swimming through this? This is awful. There's no support out here. <laughs> yeah. So 
I am one of those people who came to the work through personal experience. Like I think it happened for me so that I could understand it in this way and I could help people in this way. This is not like something I thought I'd be doing even a year, even like a month prior to my own unplanned pregnancy. So what I do is I help people do what I did, which is show up to all the messy, complex words and feelings and um, and make sense of them and sort them out and turn them into something useful for us, like um, understand what's underneath what we're feeling and then what we want to do with that. How do we want to move forward in our future? So I the language I use is like I help people live the life that they made their choice for or their choices, um, but usually it's one particular choice that kicks them into my seat. Um, but yeah, how do we how do we live and thrive after we go through something that's kind of messy and complex in our heads? Now, say out loud, last thing I'll say out loud before I let you before I stop talking. It's not messy and complex for everyone, right? It's not guilt and shame and grief and sadness do not come up for everyone. So there's these kind of binaries of like abortion is good, abortion is bad. And I don't think very many people fall into those actual like outer edges. And so my work is to speak to everything in the middle. Um, so yes, there are definitely people who had abortions, moved on, never thought about it again. They're fine. They don't need this work. I speak to the people who are like, well, this isn't what I thought it would be. Now what? Who's going to help me? Where do I go next? Yeah, absolutely. When I was um, doing volunteer uh, lobbying with Planned Parenthood here in Missouri, which yeah. <laughs> in fucking Missouri, um, at the state level, there were so many people that I met who had vastly different experiences with their own abortion. And like, yeah. one of the things that, one of the things that I took away from that work, um, which I only stopped doing because of the pandemic, right? And like, I don't think that, I don't think that things have gone back to the, to being the same way in terms of like um, uh, advocacy and lobbying and stuff, which is really interesting, but that's a side note. Anyway, one of the things that I took away from that work was that there is a concept on the, I don't even want to say pro-life, but like anti-choice side of this argument. That is that like people who are, pro-choice are pro-abortion in air quotes in a way that is like abortion is birth control oh you're pregnant let's go kill that baby and like that is absolutely fucking not what anyone thinks and I consider myself pro-abortion very pro-abortion and I that language very specifically and there's just like such a fucked up connotation about what abortion means that is infused with not only religious indoctrination, but a very specific way of phrasing things and a very specific viewpoint and lens and perspective that isn't based in reality and isn't even based in any sort of true dogma that existed anytime before like 1964. You know, it was just like, there are so many concepts that are new but somehow so ingrained 
in the arguments against abortion that I, I don't understand how they got so ingrained so fucking quickly. Mm -hmm. I think it's my, my, my big point of confusion because none of the, none of the ideology that is spouted is really based in anything real. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about that? I think, well, I'm really, I'm kind of pondering your statement that like, how does it happen so quickly? And I think like the truth is like this shit gets worked on quiet, but I can swear here, right? I already, probably already have. Okay. Um, gets worked on quietly behind the scenes in a very manipulative way, in a very like deep, thorough way. And then we all get caught off guard by it. So like, in some sense, like, yes, things, th there is this sense of, like, quickness and shock and, like, how did that just happen? Like, <laughs> our, you know, even, no, like, our great-grandmothers, like, didn't have the same charge around the word abortion that, that we do or our kids do. It's, like, so frustrating how much manipulation happens behind the scenes so that it feels quick and violent and intense to us like that's anyway that just popped up um I appreciate you for using the word for the language pro-abortion because I do the same like for me I am pro-abortion but it's almost comical because it's like I'm pro-abortion the way I'm pro-chemo. Like, it, yeah. like, you know, it's like, why do we even need to say that we're pro a procedure? Like, it's the yeah. weirdest thing ever, isn't it? It's so weird. It's <laughs> so weird. Um, It's like the nonsense narratives that's been created for different agendas that yeah. make this all so crazy are the reason that we would even think we need to use those two words, like those two, that combination of sounds like pro-abortion, like what does this even mean? This is the weirdest thing ever. Like, yeah. um, <clears throat> and, but I also like, I struggle with the word pro-choice too for, for different reasons. It's like a lot of times it doesn't feel like a choice to people, right? Like they're struggling to feed the kids they already have. They're in an abusive relationship. They don't have the financial resources to have another child. There's so many, many reasons. It's a health decision. Like it's a sick baby or a sick body carrying a pregnancy. And so I, I struggle with the word choice. It's like, yes, it is a choice and it is my body, my choice, but like it's a decision we have to make that doesn't always feel like a choice. And I think that's hard for a lot of people because if I think I made a choice, I should feel good after, right? Like I picked that. I should be fine. And so many people who come to me are like, I know I chose that, but I feel terrible. So it must be my fault because I chose it. It's like, no, you made a hard decision and now it, it would have been a hard decision the other way too. Like it, it would have been hard either way. And now we just show up and we look at that and we explore that and we do the best we can with that. But like words can be messy and hard. And sometimes when we think they're doing good, like they can actually create a lot of harm for people. And I think choice is one that gets very messy and because it feels empowering. But then when you are making a choice that doesn't feel like a choice, it's it's an awful feeling.
yeah. an awful feeling. Yeah. That's really, that's really an interesting point um, because it does feel empowering when it's on a protest sign. Yeah. It does feel empowering when it's a chant at a rally. It does feel empowering when it's, you know, a slogan on a bumper sticker or whatever. Yeah. In the moment. Yeah. When you're faced with the decision to either take your family down further into a road of poverty or make make this other decision that maybe you wouldn't otherwise. Yeah. Or maybe it's a decision about the health of, of either the fetus or yourself, you know, like they're, yeah, I can absolutely see how that does not feel. Yeah. Like- it's yeah. interesting. And like, yeah, I just love this. Uh, the Another thing I wrote when you were talking is like, yeah, there's this idea of reclaiming abortion, right, as a thing that we move through, right, that some of us n- need to move through for any mental, emotional, spiritual, physical reason. Um, but then there's also like reclaiming sadness is a big one for me, reclaiming grief, because I think the anti-movement takes our grief and they use it against us as a weapon. Absolutely. And we get to reclaim that grief and say, I am sad. This is hard. And you don't get to use that against me. The fact that I'm sad is not anything but proof of my humanity. Like, I'm going to reclaim my sadness. (laughs) I'm going to reclaim, like, my humanness here and let myself be all these things that society tells me well if you're feeling shame it's because you made because you're a murderer if you're feeling guilt it's because you're a terrible mom if you're feeling sadness it's because you shouldn't have done it it's like no (laughs) we get to take all that shit back and own it and stand in our power and not let the social no like stigmas and ickiness like stop us from living really good lives well and with any other decision that we make like there's not the massive stigma of well if you're sad about it then you made a poor choice if you end a relationship with somebody exactly divorce is the best one or any relationship ending is the best example yeah like you're gonna be sad you're gonna (laughs) grieve that loss and that doesn't mean you made the wrong decision like that's such a fucked up it's so weird yeah yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, I love that you do note that this isn't everyone's experience. And that like, great, if you had an abortion and you moved on and things are fine for you, I'm probably not the coach for you. Like that's, I think that's also so important because the people who do have a positive experience with it or even a neutral experience with it that isn't um, filled with the shame and the sadness and the guilt and the grief and whatever are- yeah left out of the conversation because you can't weaponize that you can't weaponize that like that's just not like yeah I feel fine well rawr what that's not a thing (laughs) yeah yeah and that's why I think we can say like I'm sad and that's not a problem right and then they're and then they're like what do you mean of course it's a problem we're like no I'm just human and it's not a problem I actually I I am of the belief system because, and I think it came from my experience of moving through an abortion after having three kids and a miscarriage. So 
For me, early pregnancy is a very special time that I did attach to the energy of that tissue that was just blobs of goo, (laughs) right? But it felt like a baby to me. So it doesn't make sense to me to go, well, when I chose my abortion, that was just tissue. That was just, you know, you know, that was just products of conception. That was just, it's not a real baby. I'm like, I find a lot of power in owning that and being like, I did end life, but the same way I ended life when I like took the tomato off the vine and stopped it from growing. Like, yes, it was living thing. And I did make a choice (laughs) about stopping that life. So I'm really careful not to, um, get down that rhetoric of like, it's just tissue. It's just healthcare. It's just whatever. And I own that. I'm like, it was really hard and sad to say no to a child of mine. Like, that's what I did. And that's okay that I did that, right? Like, I just own that. And yeah, it does stop some of the rhetoric that's like, you're a terrible person. You ended that baby's life. I'm like, I did end that baby's life. It did not look like a baby. Let's be very clear. But for some people, it does. Some people are later in their pregnancies and it does look like a baby. Like, let's just not even go there. It's a waste of time and energy. (laughs) A lot of the argumentation that takes place around abortion is seemingly just like distraction. Yes. Whether you believe it is tissue or not, whether you believe it is, it has a soul or not, like that has everything to do with your spiritual directionality, I guess. Um, and absolutely nothing to do with anyone else. Yep. And uh, yeah. Yeah. What another note I took when you were talking about the people who, who don't struggle after they don't like the complexity is not a thing. Like I'll come back to like your business and sales and, you know, like, and this is no different, right? It's not about abortion. I say this all the time. (laughs) What you're feeling after abortion is not about abortion. So if you feel fine and great, it's because there are like a hundred other factors in your life that this was not like the thing that's hard. Mm -hmm. And if you are struggling after abortion, like, yes, it was a, a point like where it got activated, but like I can almost, I can guarantee that the things you're struggling with, you were struggling with before abortion just showed them to you. So it reminds me of business, right? Because I've been in business for multiple years and some people start a business, they hit 100K in a year. And it's like, oh, it was easy. I just did this, this, and this. I'm fine. Like, why are you having such a hard time? They were at a different point in their journey. Like they came in at a different spiritual, emotional, educational place. Maybe they had done sales before. Maybe they, like, whatever it is, it's like, some things are easier for some people and some things are not. Whether it's growing a business or having an abortion or raising kids or finding a relationship. It's like, we don't need to, we could just let it be different for everyone. Just let it be different. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I love that. And, you know, I, oh God, I, I feel like I'm constantly battling this notion of like sales coaches coming out and saying, I made 100k in two days let me show you how you can do it too no you fucking can't do it too because they have a platform that's fucking massive they already have people like this is a different that would be like me coming on and being like 
I was fine within X amount of time after my abortion, and you can be too. <laughs> I don't know if they have sex trauma, se like sexually abusive history. I don't know if they were in a bad relationship. I don't know if they were raised evangelical Christian. I don't know. Like, I can't compare. <laughs> you can't do that. Uh -uh. Don't do that. <laughs> there are so many factors at play. Yeah. Noticing the nuance, noticing the subtlety, instead of making everything try to fit into a fucking box. Yeah. Is yeah. that's that's the way to allow humanity. Yes. Yes. And that's what we came in here for. Humanity. Yeah. So like it's messy. We gotta do it. Face it. Messy. <laughs> we can't try and make it pretty. Like sometimes you get a little glimpse of pretty but like mostly it's just a mess and the other thing like a lot of my clients struggle with is like you know if I had kept that baby we would be a happy family if I had kept that baby we would have figured out finances if I had kept that baby they'd be so cute and healthy I'm like you don't know that like we get sent down these illusionary places where it's like we make up a story in our mind and then we think if I'd just done it that way if I just hired that business coach the first time I wouldn't have wasted all that other time it's like slow down <laughs> if you're struggling you're probably making up a story in your head about how you think it could have gone if you'd done something different and that's just a story it's an illusion that you made up in your mind and now you're using it against yourself yeah. Don't do that. Stop it. <laughs> it's so interesting to think about those kinds of things. Cause like, I think more, and maybe this is just where, um, my algorithms put me, but more commonly what I hear about is people trying to dispel catastrophizing, right? So like you think that terrible thing is going to happen and you spin in that in like this future kind of way, that creates a bunch of fucking anxiety and then you sort of become paralyzed or whatever. Yeah. And what I'm hearing from you is this notion that instead of it being about the possible future timeline from now until forward, it's like looking back and creating a different idea that instead of it being a catastrophe, it's this blissful experience that now- Yeah, it is interesting. It's like the opposite, yeah. 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 And I always, I always offer the notion of like equal and opposite airtime. Like if you're going to catastrophize. Yes, exactly. Do it. Fine. Do it. Have have a, enjoy. <laughs> so the same could be helpful. Yes, exactly. How life could have been beautiful. Okay. Would there have ever been a fucking shitty moment ever? No. Yeah. And like, I could have done it alone. It was a really common one, right? Like I was in a relationship that wasn't right for another baby and like, now it's like, I could have done it alone. I'm like, you think that wouldn't have been hard too? Like, yes, you would have had a cute baby because that's the other problem with this conversation is like, parents do fall in love with their children. That love is real and it matters, but that doesn't mean it's not hard. <laughs> yes, you could. You would have loved that kid if you were a single mom, but you would have had all these other struggles so fine like you're facing these struggles now it would have been those struggles then like it's just you know I do come from the life coach school like that's my foundation in coaching although I've done other certifications since and I go back and forth about her using the concept of 50 50 but like 
in general, it does come back, back to that so often is like, I, the way I say it is like, life is always pleasure and struggle, right? Yeah. It's, it's going to be pleasure. They're going to be struggle. It's going to change in percentages, but don't beat yourself up with some made up truth that would not have actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you're going to go there, like, Go to the made up truth that like, maybe I'll wake up tomorrow and this won't bother me at all. And I'll be totally fine. And I'll move on with my life. And then I'll get this great job. And then my kids will get into this school I want, right? Like, go there too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> make stuff up. Make it up for this reality too. Yeah. Make it up to help yourself have a, a better existence instead of a worse existence. Yeah. 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 Such a, such a, I want to say like such a messy topic, but like everything is a fucking messy topic. Yeah, it's fine that it's messy. It's, yeah. We can reclaim messy too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> what are, what are the ways that you connect with your clients? Like, do you do, you have a group. Do you I do, do a group. It's super tiny. It's super fun. It's, um. It's called the full spectrum space. And it, that's where we like live the lives we made our choices for. So um, although my niche in coaching is um, after abortion, like I have clients who are growing businesses and in uh, like high competitive athletics and, um, you know, struggling in their relationships. And so ultimately all like, whatever life we live after abortions, it's got all the stuff in it. <laughs> so this is <laughs> it's like, here's a recipe for after abortion. Let's make some biscuits. You know? <laughs> it's got all this stuff in it. And so that's a space where, um, you know, I'm just coaching about all life things, including abortion. And I find it very comforting for people who've had abortions because a lot of times that's like the deep, dark secret. Well, we can talk about everything else except that. It's like, no, if you want to talk about relationships and you have that moment where you think back to the relationship you had when you had your one, your first abortion, like it's all on the table. So for me, it's like I love that group because sometimes we do refer back to abortions. Sometimes we don't like it's just kind of the space for a living. But a lot of my work is one on one with clients. Um, and I've been through a lot of iterations of it, like um, I don't know if you have in your business where I was like, it's, it's this, it's this number of weeks in a program and it's this number of months in a program. And then never mind, I'm going to try single sessions and I'm out of place now. Or I do still offer occasional single sessions, but the work I love most is people who just commit to life care, like life coaching, like they would therapy. It's just this weekly practice where we check in we like explore whatever's on the table that day. We kind of acknowledge how it's related to the other things that are on the table. And it's just like a way to live life is to have a life coach. And so that's really where I want to keep moving and where I'm currently working with clients is like, yes, we do one-on-one -on -one coaching. Yes, it does help with the immediate, like I'm in the thick of it with all my abortion thoughts and feels. But like, I really want to people work with people who are like, let's get through that thick and then let's keep going. Because <laughs> that to me is the, 
that's the good stuff is like dig through and then use it. Keep going. And that's the thing that I find when people come to coaching for whatever reason, whatever it is that they're wanting to work through. Yeah. Is possible. Like 50% of coaching is getting through the thick of it. 50% of it is like, this is some shit that I would like to wade through and I can't do it on my, but there's a whole other half. Yeah. Great. Now we're solid. We're grounded. We're dealing with the shit. (laughs) Don't you love it when people come to you and they're like, I don't know what to talk about. Everything's pretty good. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Don't like it. It cracks me up when people are like, I almost canceled because I didn't know what to talk about. I'm like, you came to me thinking I wouldn't have 700 things that we could talk about. And then they get to the end of the session. They're like, wow. Oh, my God. (laughs) I love that. I have several one on one clients who just like they've gotten to a point where maybe every other call or every third call or something, it's it's almost just celebrating wins and yeah. looking going well. And in um, the non-sales group that I run, um, we have monthly calls, but any month that has five Wednesdays in it on that fifth Wednesday, we do exclusively a victory call. It's nice. like, let's go <laughs> How did you make that happen? Let's strengthen that shit. It's so fun. It's so mm-hmm. fun. But yeah. So what are the things that you notice most when your clients wade through the thick of it after mm-hmm. a week? Yeah. And then like they go on to the the other half of coaching. What are the things that you notice most that are kind of through lines for your clients? Like we do a lot of borrowing. So I'll use myself as an example. Like I feel like the the there are two really big takeaways from my own abortion experience. One was like, this is hard and I can do it. I can do hard things. Mm -hmm. And so that's a lesson that I get to take into parenting, take into marriage, take into business, right? It's like borrowing that thing that I learned and then using it in other places. And of course, there's like a list of bullet notes underneath that, right? So we get to take all those things and then use them in different places. Another big takeaway for me is like, I had an abortion and I learned how to have my own back. Mm. Okay. Well, if now I'm trying to grow a business, how do I use that lesson of having my own back to help me through this thing? So then it's like, so that, does that make sense? It's like, what did we learn? Is the thing I'm struggling with the thing that I also struggled with back then? Is there anything I can borrow from what I learned um, is this showing me a different place in it? Uh, you know, the probably like a, a saying people have, like when you, when you're an entrepreneur is like the best way to face all your shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> What's the, I feel like there's like certain words that, <laughs> but sometimes we're like doing good, doing good. And then we get to a place in marriage or business or parenting or, or careers And it stirs something old up about our abortions and that hard time and that trauma we were in. And we're like, oh, I thought I was done, but I'm not. Okay, so let me just go back and look. (laughs) So sometimes it is revisiting things that I thought it was um, been there, done that. And it wasn't been there, done that. (laughs) There's still more. (laughs) 
but now I'm ready to face more in a different way. Like, I didn't want to look at that part. As you can maybe imagine, a lot of clients who come to me have trust issues. Like, they, abortion is a, it's a mess out there. There's all these centers that are manip- manipulative and awful, and they have agendas. And there's all this post-abortion counseling that is terrible. And there's good counseling, too. <laughs> but a lot of people have trust issues, right? And so they don't know if I'm going to turn on them because they saw some other counselor who they got all the way through the program and felt better. And then they were like, we'll help you not have an abortion next time. And you're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes I'm working with a client for a long time and then they'll like tell me a part of their story that they hadn't told me because they're ready. Like they trust me enough now. Like I didn't actually tell you that part. And now I'm ready to look at that part because I trust you. So sometimes we're just not ready for all the things at one time. Like, of course, we're not ready for all the things at one time. (laughs) Absolutely. So it's more of like a long-term just relationship. I have clients I've been working with for over four years. Mm-hmm. Like it's the best every week. Let's <laughs> just keep going. Um, there's things that keep coming up and unveiling themselves. And they can use them as strengths or we can go back and be like, okay, I can face this. Yeah. I love that. I have several clients I've been working with for several years as well. And one of them just recently like, maybe two or three weeks ago, she said, she like told me this deep, dark secret of hers that she's been harboring and experienced so much shame about. And she was like, you are the only person I've ever told this to. Yeah, I get that. I don't know if she thought I was going to judge her or what she thought my reaction was going to be in that moment. But I was like, okay, so that happened, you know, and to, yeah that someone has gotten to a place of trust with you that they can reveal the most shameful parts of themselves. Like we don't have relationships like that very often. Yeah. It's yeah. I think most people who come to me is like, I don't have anyone else to talk to or the people I'm talking to don't understand. Um, And that's fair. It's hard. I mean, loved ones, even the best of relationships, like it's hard to help your people through this big stuff (laughs) and shame and guilt and regret and grief and like doubt and loss of identity. Like it's big stuff. So even the people who love you the most, it's, it's hard. Like you need people you can trust who also have some amount of expertise. (laughs) Well, I think the experience is a big part of that as well, because like, I know for example, I am queer. If I were to go to somebody who tried to understand my experience, but didn't actually have that experience, it would be a different vibe than, you know, I mean, so if somebody who has had an abortion and is struggling with that, doesn't have anyone else in their life who has also had an abortion and struggled. Yeah. And I think that's one of the most challenging things about finding a therapist after abortion is that coaching like we're just like I vomit my entire life all over the place like I'm so vulnerable like I like it's (laughs) some people some people would call it problematic (laughs) but I'm like no I just like I want to connect with people and all their messy stuff Mm -hmm. so 
That is a huge benefit, I think, to finding coaches after you've been through some hard things because therapists often don't say, I've had one too. They don't say like, my views are pro-abortion. They is a traditional therapy has a much more like professional place of like, I don't tell you about who I am. I'm just here to help you with who you are. And I think that has its place. Absolutely. can be problematic, particularly with abortion, because we just want to know that this person gets it. Mm-hmm. We want to know what their judgments are, right? Like we want to know, and no two experiences are the same. <laughs> so just because I've had abortion doesn't mean I've had your abortion, but it really does. It matters to know that people have been through that stuff. Exactly. Exactly. And with something that is so emotionally charged and socially divisive to know that the person on the other side of the conversation has also had an experience within the emotionally charged, socially divisive thing. Yeah. Invaluable. Like that. Yeah. yeah. That, that creates. I, mean, I think it's the same in business, right? Sure. I'm much more apt to hire a business coach who struggled (laughs) I am to hire one who's like I was born with a trust fund and I was surrounded by all the top Forbes business people in my childhood and I like I'm like okay you're not gonna get what it's like for me so that's not gonna work it's not this is not isolated to abortion of course not not. it's how it is for everything we want to We want to connect with people. And so, yeah, I mean, abortion just, it really is a very raw, vulnerable thing. And so it's like an obvious example, but it's true for everything. Absolutely. There, you're able to create a relationship with a shorthand that otherwise you spend a bunch of time explaining, well, here's my experience. Here's why what you're saying doesn't fucking matter to me. Here's what, you know, so when you have similar experiences and you're, you're able to connect on that level. It just makes the conversation easier. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Tell me about, I know you have a book. It's on my bookshelf. I do. (laughs) Um, I saw something on social that you're writing a second one or something. Well, when I did that, I was like, okay, I'm going to write a hundred love notes. Uh It's basically a book of poems. So, um, it's a hundred things I wish I heard after my abortion. And then I got to a hundred and I was like, Never mind. I'm going to write a thousand. (laughs) So I just keep plugging away at the thousand. Um, I do have a different book in me, though. That's not poetry. That is part memoir, part like help after abortion. Like I want to say self-help, but it is. I mean, it'll be that essentially is like um, I feel like now. I have enough professional experience to be able to put together a pretty powerful book. Um, so there's probably more books in me. There's definitely more books in me. But the one you're referencing is, yeah, I just kept writing these love notes. And they're evolving and changing. But I think um, that's been a really powerful he- healing tool for a lot of people who find me. The book and the podcast Um I get notes all the time, like, you literally saved my life, or you're the only person who understands, or I can't believe 
you said it that way or like it's yeah it's good stuff yeah I love that I love that you are out here in the world creating this place of connection for people that is so desperately needed so desperately it really is and I want to walk away almost every single day (laughs) 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 it's too hard I can't do it (laughs) but it is I don't know when you get called to something and you're good at it. Like if you can't walk away, even though it's super hard. <laughs> um, it's good stuff. I'm super proud of what I've created in the last five years or five years. Um, and there's lots more to do. Lots more to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell me where we can find you. You're on Instagram. I'm Amanda Star Kingsley everywhere, like spelled out S T A R. I'm in all the places. Mm-hmm. TikTok, Substack, Instagram's my favorite, even though it gets the least amount of attention because Instagram's finicky. Yeah. But it's like I, it's my favorite place to be. Um, yeah, Facebook, website, podcast, book. I always tell people, just Google Amanda abortion. You might also get a pro-life article written against me and what a terrible person I am, but that's fine. Just don't read that one. You'll find me like Amanda abortion is all over the internet. (laughs) That's amazing. Amanda abortion. Also, congratulations (laughs) for having a pro-life article written against you. That, I feel like that's like a- a, a There are multiple. (laughs) (laughs) That's an achievement. achievement. (laughs) Yeah, it's good stuff. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. It matters. And I really appreciate people like you who don't have, like, your work isn't necessarily, like, in this genre. Well, it's certainly not in specifically in abortion, but it's not, like, even in reproductive health or, like, family parenting right there's many categories that what abortion would fit into and i think in this election year here in the united states in particular it's so important for people to hear from the people they follow what your perspective is and that you're willing to have a conversation with someone who's willing to look at the messy like it really does matter um and election years are particularly hard for people who are struggling. There's so much media and there's so much news. So I really appreciate you, as especially as someone who you're like kind of stepping out of the zone. Like you and I can connect anything to anything. So reclaiming abortion, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so important for people in business or sales or teaching or anything to like, or law or medicine to be like, hey, and I work with humans. So one in four humans has had at least one abortion. Maybe they want to know what my thoughts and feelings are about it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I have taken many a friend and I have done so much work in space and it just, uh, it's so important. It's so important to expand the conversation beyond just healthcare providers and abortion specific like professionals. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well. Okay. Thank Love you. you. <laughs> Thanks.
Hi, I'm Kelly. I'm your life coach now. I want to invite you to Project Reclamation, a private, equitable self-coaching community to explore the most expansive version of yourself. Inside, you'll receive tools for nervous system regulation, emotional processing, and cognitive self-coaching. Plus, you'll have access to master certified coaches to receive ongoing written support as well as live coaching via group calls. And you'll be able to join in on an integrated book club as well as both virtual and in-person community celebrations. Maybe life coaching has felt out of reach for you in the past as it's often relegated to those hoarding enough wealth to be bored. But self-discovery doesn't actually come in Tiffany boxes and it's my goal to make healing and growth accessible to everyone. Inside this space, we're committed to reclaiming our bodies, our time, our joy, and our lives from the cultural conditioning that has left us feeling less than. And we're doing it in a vibrant, supportive community that is truly open to everyone who shares these values. Though, cishet white Christian men may struggle a bit. Registration is now open, so click the link to join. I'll see you on the inside. Thank you.